Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Band Chat, where we talk about being an independent band and everything that comes with it. I am here with the guys. I am here with Mike. Hello. Austin. Hello. And Brayson. What? For, for for those for those only on audio, Brayson didn't say anything. He just stood up, yeah, <laughs> and then sat back down. It was rather menacing. It was like putting his hand up for attendance, except he completely stood up. He so. just put yes. his body. I, up. I need to yeah. make sure you guys know that I'm there. Great, great. <laughs> My name is Miles. I'll be your host for today, and today we're diving into part tour. Part tour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Part, no, yeah. Roll with it. <laughs> Part two of how to tour. So last episode, we dove into what to do before you even think about touring, booking venues, booking bands, sorting out vehicle requirements. What else? We talked about merch. We talked about where you should stay, along with some other little tidbits that we came across. And today, we're going to go f- one step further and f- kind of finish off what we were, uh, or p- rather pick up where we left off last time. Talk about uh, eating food, we're going to talk about some organization, and we're going to talk about tech requirements and certain things you need to prepare when you go in to play your shows while you're on tour. So those are the things we are going to go over today. But before we get started, we're going to do a very, very quick rapid fire icebreaker. And today's icebreaker is, what was your least favorite tour food? Austin, why don't you kick us off? Oh boy. All right, we'll keep it quick. Um, So basically, uh, around the time we were touring in 2019, Tim Hortons came out with a Beyond Meat sandwich and chicken burgers. I tried them both at the same time. They're horrible. Don't get it. A&W does it better. Who's next? Perfect. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for that. I actually remember that exact instance. You were not impressed. Very disappointed, boy. I was so yes. sad. No, no, stop. Okay. Next. Mike, Mike, hit me. Rapid fire. Mike, hit me with your uh, least I'm so glad you picked me next because, yeah, mine is also Tim Hortons. And it's specifically <laughs> the third consecutive day of Tim Hortons. That is my least favorite food on tour. <laughs> Give it once. Fine. I haven't had Tim's in a while. Give it the second time. You're like, all right. But the third day in a row where the only thing in that that highway town is is Tim Hortons. That is enough for me. I honestly feel like that. So your least favorite tour food is the third consecutive <laughs> Tim Hortons meal. Yes. I, I fucking love that. Iconic and honestly, very response. accurate. I feel like three times is the correct number. All right, great. Brayson, how about you? Uh, okay, so I had to think about mine for a little bit, but I, I realized it was um, the noodle bowl at the foundry in Thunder Bay. Um, just a warning to anyone who plays the foundry, the noodle is not great. Uh, but I was thinking the first time I had it, I was like, wow, this is bad. The second time when we went back the year after, I was like, oh, this sounds pretty good. I should get it. Was it bad though? Nah. And then I got it. And then this time while I was trying to look it up, I looked up the actual menu. I was like, oh, that does sound pretty good. Deceives you. (laughs) Deceives you. So there you go. PSA, no noodles from the foundry. But mm-hmm. but we but honestly they have some other good food, burgers are good, sandwiches are good. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles, what okay. about you? My least favorite tour food. I'm surprised nobody said this because I thought one of you were, was going to say this. My least favorite tour food was those god awful fucking sandwiches we made at that campground <laughs> where it was bread, <laughs> cheese, like ham or turkey, and sweet turkey. baby raised sauce, barbecue sauce. <laughs> um, because 
while it, I mean, the combo wasn't terrible, but in terms of comparing it to everything else, pretty bad, I would say. Pretty bad. Pretty That's bad. fair. I, I, I hold it in higher regard because it's a cherished memory, but yeah. it, the, the meal itself was, yeah, not good. I, I, also, oh, the memory I love, but we're mm-hmm. talking about least favorite food. Yeah. yeah. So in, from that aspect, that would be mine, is the sweet baby Ray Jack cheese turkey whole wheat bread sandwiches. <laughs> it is Very also, fun. it's also a haiku on our Twitter somewhere. Oh, That's true. okay. <laughs> we have to find that yeah. because, oh I will, my God, I will what put is it up. that? I will put it up in the video right here. One can of off spray, eight empty kokanee beers, sweet baby Ray's sauce. Okay, please okay. do, because I remember that haiku being hilarious. Yes. So stay tuned for the haiku. It's coming. It already came. Brayson put it right. One can of off spray, eight empty kokanee beers, sweet baby Ray's sauce. Back there. And for those of you in audio, maybe we can like insert an audio clip right here of the haiku. Be silent for like five seconds. One can of off spray, eight empty kokanee beers, sweet baby Ray's sauce. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. We're great. All right. That's good memories. I love how, like, Austin, you did a fake laugh and then Brayson just burst into absolute real laughter. (laughs) All right. So there you go. There's your haiku. Um, There's the icebreaker. We are going to dive into part two. I almost did it again, part tour. <laughs> just, just, no, just roll with it. It's part tour of how to tour. Part Electric tour Boogaloo. how to tour. Here we go. We're going to start it off. So we're going to build off of what we just talked about regarding food. So we're going to talk about what are you going to eat? So there's a couple of things to keep in mind when you're eating. And number one is frugality, right? You got to be cheap. You gotta, you're on oh, a yeah. budget when you're touring. Thus, oh, yeah. the whole wheat sandwiches mm. with ham and barbecue sauce. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, so frugality, what that often means, though, is people... I mean, good food isn't necessarily cheap, right? Would you guys say? It's not necessarily the cheapest thing that you find at the grocery store or at fast food restaurants, no. to be mm. completely fair. So... In terms of what we're going to eat, I mean, someone can someone just tell the audience and the listeners what are our go-tos? If someone could take that for me. Um, baked salad, for sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I just remember walking into uh, one of the uh, motels that we stayed at, and everyone, like the three of you guys, were just crowded around this one bag of salad. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Yeah, we. I think we added like chicken to it or something just to fill it out a bit more. But man, that you know what? That was a pretty sad food experience too. <laughs> yeah. You know so, what that makes me think of? The time where we bought a whole like nine dollar tub of potato salad from Walmart, <laughs> and I remember us driving in like the pitch black. It was like midnight in the middle of Ontario. We were trying to find somewhere to stay, and Austin and I were like passing the tub of potato salad back and forth in the front seat, <laughs> eating. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. eating, eating potato salad. Yeah. Okay. That, that shit's good. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's shit. Look, yeah, what Austin? we're saying is, oh, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, 
that was pretty terrible too. We we've had a lot of terrible food experiences, but goddamn, are they fucking funny? They oh, they, yeah. they provide for good memories, like you said regarding the sweet baby Ray mm-hmm. sandwiches. I think that's what we got to call them, by the way. Sweet baby Ray sandwiches. Hundred ro- rolls off the tongue. Sweet baby, but it's Ray true. Witches. They create there's there's a certain memory to the food you eat. But yeah. I guess it's important to say is that when you're on the road, like. Yes, there are going to be times where you need to bite the bullet and you need to get those fast food meals, whether that mm-hmm. be your Tim Hortons or your McDonald's or your Wendy's or yeah. whatever. Like, it's it's inevitable. It's going to happen when you're in a pinch, nothing else is open, you just played a show, it's 1 a.m., and that's what's open, mm-hmm. right? But one thing that is important that you got to keep in mind before anything else is your health. It is quite important when you're touring, in terms of, especially mm-hmm. in terms of what you eat. So while you're probably going to be experiencing a lot of fast food, it's important to mix in those healthy meals. I would yeah. say, right? hence the yeah, bag sure. salad. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, because like realistically, you know, if you're going to be eating, unfortunately, three consecutive days of Tim Hortons, for example, which is not good. Um, you know, Tim Hortons isn't exactly the most nutrient rich thing ever. So, um, you know, things that we have found is that's been, you know, super helpful for, um, you know, filling the hole, you know, basically feeling satiated and keeping healthy, you know, buying things like fruits and vegetables and whatnot and doing things like that, making sandwiches, whether as, you know, good or as unfortunate as they may or may not be, but really just kind of expanding your horizons more and just basically taking the time to make the right choices rather than making the choices that, you know, might sound more tasty or, you know, might be more appealing at the time. You have to think, you you really have to think long-term when you're making food choices on tour. And honestly, there's something fun about pulling up to the grocery store and getting, getting stuff for the van or getting your, because you need van snacks as well. That's just inevitable. Mm. You need, you're on long drives. Like Austin said, you need to be satiated. A good um, snack for this is nuts, whether that be yep. almonds, cashews, or whatever you like. It's a good source of good source of protein. So I would recommend those. <laughs> and then of course, <laughs> <laughs> that took me a second. I thought you said peas. No, it's I, I said D's. <laughs> oh, I missed that. I completely missed that. <laughs> Whatever nuts you want. I'm just getting frozen today. So yeah, almonds, whether it's almonds, cashews, or D's, you can choose whatever (laughs) nut you are, whatever nut's your favorite. Um, And that's a good one. But you also want to have the ones you like. You need to have, I mean, one thing we like is, you know, the Takis. The Takis are good. Oh, yeah. Um, But essentially, the whole point I'm trying to make is you want to be going to grocery stores every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Right? And I think it's it's quite a fun experience going into the grocery store. Right? Like, I yeah. think it's fun going, getting your snacks, getting getting dinner, getting a tub of potato salad. Oh, what do you guys think? I like the grocery store. Hell yeah. I'm I love the grocery, store, the grocery store, but the word tub in front of the word potato salad <laughs> is enough to make me regret all of my decisions. <laughs> all no, but decisions, yeah, it's not like even... The, <laughs> everything that's gotten me to this point is like, ugh. No, the grocery store is great because it's it's... It's frugal, like you said, but it also is like the best place for you to find like fruit and vegetables and like a varied diet. Uh, because yeah, a lot of the time, like you're driving from big city to big city, everything in the middle is uh pretty much empty. A lot mm-hmm. of like in Canada at least. Yeah. So yeah. your choices can be pretty limited. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, if you have to make, you know, lemonade out of lemons, there are other ways to do that as well. Uh, for example, one that we utilized a lot 
in Ontario is going to their resident fast food pizza chain, Pizza Pizza, and ordering salads from them, which we called salad salads because we're 12. <laughs> um, and essentially, uh, because, you know, you don't think when you go to Pizza Pizza, you don't think, oh, yeah, salads. They like So they don't really have them in stock. They have to make them for you fresh. So that was like a good, I guess, life hack for us to really make um good like and i know really big air quotes on the life hack there <laughs> it's, it's, you get it though but like it's yeah it's just an easy way to get like a fresh salad if like a grocery store isn't around and it's just you know quick and easy greens and you know they're not gonna suck so that's yep. one example but you know not all salads are made equally so proceed with caution yeah and that was actually we did that quite frequently like i remember we would be like oh what are we going to eat this time? <laughs> You'd be like, salad, salad. Like, okay, we got to, we got to find, we got to find a salad, salad. So mm -hmm. just to be clear, we never referred to pizza, pizza as pizza, pizza ever anymore. No. It's salad, salad. It's salad, yeah. salad. Or, or, or salad, pizza. salad. Wait, hold on, Brayson. We have to, cause we just said the exact same thing, but okay. But the, yeah. Pizza, pizza. You said pizza, pizza. Yeah. And I said salad, salad. So that's a whole nother rabbit hole of, inside jokes but basically it's just like sometimes you get come across new york people and they hey you want a pizza so now we're just now we say pizza we're like that sometimes. clearly and clearly the entire band has devolved into nothing but memes we don't do music we <laughs> are just full of inside jokes so and salad <laughs> <laughs> apparently inside jokes and salad um okay mm -hmm. so fast food grocery stores balanced diet Mm -hmm. To the best of your ability, because let's be real, it's 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 hard to maintain a balanced diet when you're on mm -hmm. tour. It's hard to commit to that, but as long as you can go into the tour in good health and planning not it, to to eat well, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like I mean, planning to eat well, but or or going into it with the expectation that you're maybe not going to be eating super well, right? So yeah. that you can make. Um, adjustments. I don't know what adjustments <laughs> that would be, like mm -hmm. working out super hardcore before you go on tour. Don't think that would help. But I mean, you could. You should. You could. Yeah, you, should. you should. Because yeah. you don't get a lot of time to exercise mm -mm. on tour. I mean, tearing up and... Oh my God, I did it again. Tearing up and setting <laughs> down. Tearing up and setting down, baby. <laughs> All right. I, for, for, I, think, I think that's just what I'm going to call it now. Tearing up and set, setting down. That's yeah. just what it is. But anyway, so fast food... Um, grocery stores, balanced diet. Where was I going with this? Next, the thing is, a lot of these venues are going to provide you with food. So you want to make sure that when you're planning out your tours, you take this into consideration because where you're going to be eating or where you get your next meal is very important. And you can often negotiate food deals with the venues. Mm -hmm. Yes. So yeah, I think especially for a lot of bands, like, if you've never toured before, if you've only ever played local shows, you're probably used to not getting anything. Like, you don't get any food, you don't mm -hmm. get any drink tickets. At least that's how it is in Vancouver. Um, whereas, like, I feel like venues are really good with out-of-town bands when, when they come through. Like, they understand. And I don't know if that's the case in Vancouver, if, like, out-of-town bands get food. But everywhere we've gone, like, venues will feed you, which yeah. is great. We it should, is uh, great because a lot of the time it's some damn tasty food. We should, yeah. um, and there's nothing better or tastier, other than cheap food, than free food. Exactly, because a, a lot <laughs> of the times, sometimes it's fifty percent off, but sometimes 
it's free food, mm-hmm. which is anything that starts with the word free when you're on tour, probably something you want to consider hopping on. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say on another note, we should pose as an out of town band and see what venues we, in Vancouver we can get free food at. That'll be like a good, like, that'll be our case study. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that Hello, we in. are. Coming soon. We band, chat, band chat episode coming soon. Uh, actually, probably not, because we don't know when venues are going to reopen. So <laughs> scratch that. Forget I said it. At some point in the future. Episode 145. See you there. Yeah. All right. Well, take note of that, people. Episode 145, Royal Oak Venue Write Case Study. All right. So, yeah. So negotiating food deals... Um, sometimes you won't be able to negotiate depending on what the venue is. But like Mike said, if you're an out-of-town band, usually they will help you out. So that's of something else to keep in mind because then you can save a little bit of dinero. And also, um, sometimes the food can be healthy if you choose to, uh, you know, get a salad instead of maybe that fried chicken sandwich that you like so much. Yeah, you know, that's, I mean, a, that's a big thing. If you want the fried chicken sandwich, you can, you can get the fried chicken sandwich. Just you be careful. Do it. You um, do it. And something to keep in mind as well is that when you're on tour, once you get sick, if you get sick, when you get sick, I feel like that's when you get sick is that's been my experience. Yeah. And often that, that can result from not giving yourself the right nutrients, getting the right vitamins. You're in a van. You might not be getting as much vitamin D as you should be getting. So it's important to be taking note of your health and to be... Um, I have a note here that says vitamins, hydration, sleep. I wasn't so heavy on the vitamins, but I think Austin, didn't you bring vitamins? I did. I brought gum. I brought um, gummy multivitamins with me because it's like if I'm going to stay healthy, I'm gonna have a treat. So <laughs> <laughs> perfect. So yeah. So vitamins. Um, if or if you're like immune deficient, just make sure you have all your stuff with you because you're gonna be on the road for a long time. And you just want to make sure that you're not getting sick because mm-hmm. it's, especially if you're a singer or you have to sing, that's going to be very hard for you to recover and you're going to drain yourself. You don't mm-hmm. want to have to cancel any shows or get burned out. That's not what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for some reason, this is under the what are you going to eat section. But I mean, this is a very like important a point. General health and wellness section at this point, I feel like. Yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah, I think so. We've kind of gone off the, gone off the eating um, realm. But this one is have more than one driver, preferably more than two. And I would say that that is a good, a good tip because I, if there were only two drivers, oh, Jesus, <laughs> could you yeah. imagine? Luckily, I was going to say that would be a grumpy van. It, it would, it would be a grumpy van. I like having. Having more than two drivers, it just allows for... Because first of all, the time is going to fly by as well. So like before you know it, it's already your turn to drive again, even if you have like four drivers. Like mm-hmm. So it's really important to to have that, that option to have another driver. Because I know that when we mm-hmm. toured with, uh, Chur- uh, with Chersey, um, oftentimes Brayson, you would drive her car as a result of you know driver fatigue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So something important to keep in mind you guys have any other thoughts on that i think around driving like in terms of safety always two people awake like the driver should never be the only person awake the co-pilot's job is to like feed them 
snacks and water and, <laughs> and keep the tunes going. Everyone else can sleep because that's mm-hmm. going to be like your only chance to get sleep while you're on tour mm-hmm. is in the van a lot of the time. Um, yeah, I feel like that's like that's always a rule for us and yeah. should be, I think, a rule for everyone. Yeah, because we, we, we personally know uh, of local bands um, who have actually who have gotten into accidents on the road because they've only had one person awake. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely, you know, as you know, after speaking with people who've had that sort of, um, you know, the result of not really following that sort of rule. Yeah, it definitely puts things in perspective. So 100 percent recommended. Yes, absolutely. And um, another thing is that um, sometimes the driver gets tired. Sometimes there's instances where the person who's driving, they maybe they don't haven't reached the end of their shift yet, but they're also just not they don't have the energy to finish that shift. And that will happen. That happens with us a lot of the time. So then the next mm-hmm. driver can take over a little earlier. So it's yeah. really important to keep in mind that you do have shifts, like set shifts. Like we usually do like three, four hours. Sometimes they vary. Sometimes people are in a the mood. They're like, oh, I can keep driving. And then they'll mm-hmm. just keep driving. Or sometimes people are like, you know what? I'm really tired. I'm not feeling well if someone else can take the wheel. So that's also a very important thing to keep in mind is having those shifts and also having that uh, the next driver awake. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if they need to take over the wheel, they can. Yeah. Um, Basically, know your limit, play within it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a this is a good segue into our next point about being a passenger in a van, is you want to be productive when you're on tour, right? There are a lot of things that you can do to maximize your time uh, while you're a passenger in the car and you're not driving. Even, even if you're driving and contributing to the conversation, there's always work that can be done, right? So I, I kind of want to go around the room here, and I, wanna, I want you guys to tell me what's your favorite thing to do to keep productive. Into, I'll, I'll get into the band stuff in a bit, so we'll get into like, you know, making sure your social media is on, on top of, like you're on top of your social media. But before we do that, I want to know how you guys pass time in the van or what your favorite pastime in the van is mm-hmm. so let's let's okay. start with mike well this feels like two different categories favorite way to pass time in the van probably to play video games with our janky little uh <laughs> tv that's strapped to the roof oh that's always fun we would play like like a 99 lives like super smash bros <laughs> and the game would just take like three hours and you're like great mm-hmm. we're there that's true so, so that okay, yeah. so okay. pastime yeah i mean pastime or productive like we can but we productive can Okay, my product. This was life changing for me on our. I think on our 2018 tour, I did this. Is I pulled out my laptop while we were driving, and I like just cleaned it. Like I organized everything. I made mm-hmm. sure that there was nothing on the desktop. I like put everything into folders. Like got rid of stuff that was taking up space, uh, and that killed so many hours. Like got rid of photos, and then I just had like a brand new laptop at the end of tour. Yep, I that that was going to be my favorite thing as well, just cleaning up mm. your devices. Because when do you actually have time to clean up everything? Clean up your downloads folder, clean up your desktop if you're one of those people that has shit all over your desktop, or clean up your photos in your phone too. That's a big one. So that mm. would be mine as well. Uh, Brayson, what about you? I was going to say the same thing, like cleaning up your photos in your phones and then setting your schedule for um, social media posting so yep. you're not like behind and, and you're not like, oh, I got to post today. What am I going to post about? You can mm-hmm. do it all in the van and just have a list and just go bang, 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 bang. Right. So that's yeah. huge. 
Exactly. And we'll dive into that a little bit more in depth after Austin. What is yours? Same kind of thing? Are you on the same page? Or you have something else you like to do? I mean, pretty pretty much. Mike kind of already hit what I had to say on the head. It's either it's either smash or just cleaning up your computer. Like everything else, I think in terms of um, productivity that all of us would probably say starts to fall under banned stuff. But in terms yeah. of personal productivity, it's like what what much else can you do? Like mend relationships, you know? Like <laughs> I mean, I I feel like what you did a lot was just sleep. Yeah. Yeah, well, that okay, so that's personal productivity. Sleep's important, kids. Get your goddamn, on tour, it's probably like five hours, but get get your goddamn sleep. Find the best, you know, best possible position you can get within a cramped van and get your Zs. That is, you know what? That's going to be my answer. That is going to be my answer because you know what? Sleep on tour is highly underrated. It's, and everyone's like, yeah. everyone's like, you don't sleep. Get sleep. Take the time when you can do it and you're able to to get it. I sleep a lot more than them. I am the I am the <laughs> resident nap rat. I will put that out there right now. I think I've already had one 15 minute nap today. Yeah. I'm I'm well Damn, on we're my not even way. touring. Yeah. Oh, I'm a, I'm a I'm a mess during tour. But also I run around like a chicken with my head cut off for like 45 minutes and then proceed to die the next day. But besides <laughs> but besides that, yeah, I'm going to say, you know what? For, forget cleaning out your computer and your phone. That comes later. Get your sleep. Feel good. That's true. I, w- I would say that. Sleep mm-hmm. is more important. Um, yeah. But like, you know, just be conscious about it. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep the whole time. That's what you I mi- You Don't miss out that. on things, I think. <laughs> like, as nice as it is to be well-rested, and mm-hmm. you should be, like, I feel like so many of the most memorable moments of tour are the in-between moments of like being in the van mm-hmm. and just like being rowdy or yeah. like like yeah. when you go into the grocery store and like you could nap in the car but mm-hmm. it's way more fun to just like go into the grocery store with everyone you know like yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that's much more of a space to be rowdy because like the like the five square feet you have within the van to be rowdy you're not gonna get a bunch you're not gonna get much no. done yeah but it's, we still get a little rowdy. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah every time we pass by Basa Gim or Saza, you, okay, we can't just we can't just like drop inside jokes in the middle of the episode where we'll be like, ha ha, that's funny. Like well, I get it, I get it. I think like I think it's hilarious. Those are those are hilarious inside jokes. But these poor people don't know. We don't have time to explain it. Well, here's the thing: it's a teaser for that episode. I we're gonna we're gonna have to have an inside jokes episode. Like that's gonna have to. Have, that'll be one of our like near future ones we have to i mean there's gonna put it this way there's gonna be multiple inside joke episodes there has to be we have way too many we basically like austin said earlier we basically communicate in memes at this point it's just (laughs) it's just how we roll but anyways so if you're well rested and you know actually this is before but like or before you go to clean your computer you want to make sure that you're on top of all your band stuff because at the end of the day, you are working. You are you are on this month-long, two-week-long, however long your tour is. You're on this journey where you should be trying to maximize every moment of that. So one thing that is very important, Brayson just brought up, is making sure you're on top of your social media. Mm-hmm. So having that ready to go, having that scheduled out, making sure you're saying where you're playing, like... Um, 
Like if you're going to Toronto, you want to have that, or on the 17th, you want to have that post ready a couple days in advance and be able to post it maybe the day before or the day on, depending on what your schedule is like. Um, it, it varies because you might not play in a city on one night, then you might play in another night. Essentially, the what we're trying to say is you just want to be prepared with your mm-hmm. social media and be um, intentional with your social yeah. media. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's a big one is being on top of your social media and making sure that you're engaging with the bands as well. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe like making sure that you're checking up with the bands. You're, you're probably going to be in contact with the venue as well. Like letting them know when you're going to get in. I know that happened to us. Does that happen? Who is in contact with the, the venues? Kind of changed a bit. I think. Seriously, I think I'm me saying. and Mike mostly yeah i feel like mm. like i feel like right before we leave like in the coming weeks i would always try and like i'd comb through our emails while i was building the tour binder and make sure we had that information already in terms like before we set out like hey what time should we be there what time's load in like what time sound check but mm-hmm. sometimes you just don't get that information like until you hit the road um but then yeah like you're just like sending emails to the venue trying to figure out should you show up at 4.30 or 7? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> that definitely happens. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, another thing that you can do while you're in the van, I don't know if we've experimented with this yet, but correct me if I'm wrong, but you can also just do normal band stuff. If you're if you're in the mood to write and you want to write a song, I mean, it might be a little hard to bring out a guitar in a cramped van or to bring out a keyboard, but... I mean, if you if you want to write some lyrics, I feel like that'd be a good time to you know reflect on w- while you're touring. That's something to write about, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe <laughs> journaling, taking in what you're experiencing, so that you can use that material for songs later. This isn't yeah. something we've really dove into, I don't think, but it's something that could be very useful to people. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that we have done as a band that's a little uh, little life hack. Um, I life hack i'm just gonna roll with that um with the with the air quotes but um essentially like a little a little life hack that we kind of used a couple times on tour not for actual writing purposes but just for like uh you know hashing out um you know figuring out harmonies for certain songs making sure they're solidified is taking your laptop and just running the headphone out into like the cassette deck or the uh, aux in on your stereo and using what uh, and using uh for example we used keyboard typing in logic for this sort of thing where basically that allowed us to kind of do some like pseudo cording and whatnot just there so that that way it's just you know if you want to do super like rudimentary writing like that's just right on your lap that's yeah. super easy i know not everybody has logic but if you do you might have garage band too so yeah <laughs> so that's another that's another thing that you can do while you're on the road Mm-hmm. Um, just making sure, cause like essentially what you're doing, it's one big, you can think of your van time as one big band meeting with breaks for hanging out as well. Does that make, mm-hmm. does that make sense to you guys? Would you resonate yeah. with that? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's more like, I feel like, you know, it, and keep in mind, like it, you don't have, like you don't have to be productive the entire time. Like, of course, yeah. you know, like, like what we were saying, it's just, you know, you can, uh, you know, you got you have to take in the the sights and sounds and the mishaps of tour, and that's really what makes it memorable. But um, so I'd say it's like half band meeting, half hangout. So just yeah. to kind of just to kind of strike a bit more of a balance, I'd go with that. But yeah, yeah, totally. I would I would agree with that actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're being productive, that's great. So you got your you're being productive. Make sure you're resting. Make sure if, like if you're if you're like Austin, you need your naps. You're getting those naps. 
Um, but Hell one yeah. thing that relates to productivity is you need to be organized on tour, okay? So this is where that tour binder that Mike was talking about last episode will come in handy um, a lot. So, But in terms of that organization, there's also another form of organization, and that is tracking your band as a business, as a full-running business, tracking your expenses, tracking your revenues, tracking your merch sales, tracking um, how much you're spending on gas, um, mm -hmm. tracking how much you're making from each show. These all need to be recorded quite vigorously. Right? Yeah. Vigorously. <laughs> vigorously. Vigorously. Yeah, but I mean, it, furiously. Like, it's, just it's true. So, I mean, I'm kind of the well not kind of i am the the one who is the bookkeeper of the band so what i like to do is have some spreadsheets so there's a couple of different spreadsheets one spreadsheet um, has details from venues we played to the people that were there to how much the we got at the door how much food was um the attendance was also on there so we basically tracked everything for each show and this isn't just for like tax purposes it's also for that but what this does it as it records um we we get we have a, rec a record of what we did th that tour and then going forward we're able to know if we want to change certain things so whether an mm -hmm. artist yeah. wasn't that great we might mark that like if they didn't really vibe with us genre was off or whatever then we'll mm -hmm. mark that if the venue wasn't um maybe the the best experience then we'll mark that as well we'll try to avoid those venues in the future mm -hmm. um or if they don't have a good deal maybe we'll reconsider going there again because a lot of the times uh, it's not like a deal breaker for us um like deals on food and drinks i would say but mm -hmm. something that definitely helps yeah right mm -hmm. yeah and i would say the other thing is that like by recording roughly like the attendance of the show when you go to book your next tour whenever tours happen again, you can say like, oh, when we were there last time, we pulled X number of people, right? Like you, mm -hmm. you have this, you have like proof essentially. We'll try and estimate how many people we had at the show. And then you can say like when you're booking the next time, you know, it's, it's not just like, hey, we're a random band from Vancouver. Please let us play, please. <laughs> it's more like, please let us play. We'll bring 40 people or whatever, yeah. right? Like, yeah. So there's nothing there's it's never bad to record things it's it's quite the opposite it's only going to do you well and if you need to go back and refer to it then it's there um, as a resource for you so that's one kind of spreadsheet we i track is like i said venue bands how much we made from that venue in the form of merch sales um door like ticket sales any extra donations we've had those also mm -hmm. go on that spreadsheet um, but then this also relates to another spreadsheet that I have that is basically a tour income statement. So I have gone to school for accounting, so I know how to build these income statements. Um, but you can watch really simple YouTube videos on how to do this for yourself if you need to, um, if you need to learn, there's a lot of good resources out there. It's not really that hard actually you're basically just listing out your revenues and you're listing out your expenses to see how much net profit that you're bringing in so what would go into revenues that would be everything from your merch sales that i was talking about this would be your ticket sales from the door any donations you've received um i mean what how else do you make money on tour that's probably about it right yeah begging 
<laughs> so yeah, it's basically but, what we if you make any what we do on stage every night. Yeah. <laughs> Please buy our merchandise. <laughs> so yeah. So you want to once once you have that, you want to put that into a spreadsheet as well. And then your expenses is probably going to be the more important, not more important. It's all important, but the expenses mm-hmm. is going to be, a, there's going to be a lot more under expenses in, in terms of categories than there is revenue, right? Yeah. Cause for expenses, you think about it, you have your gas, you have anything that happens to your vehicle. <laughs> um, you have food, the thing. And the thing is anything you buy on tour you can write that off. So you can you can write off if you can write that off as a business expense because you are traveling for um, for your business. And yeah, I think yeah. one episode we should go into the nitty gritty aspects of the band, and we can talk further about taxes and maybe more into building income statements and stuff like that. Because I do think that would provide some value. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about that here. Um. But yeah, so your expenses and then gas is a huge gas is like a huge like basically anytime <laughs> we anytime we filled up, I would put the transaction in and I would try to make sure I, I would be keeping these spreadsheets up to date basically daily or or if not daily as frequently as possible, just so yeah. it's not forgotten about. Daily is best though. Yes. Yeah. Daily is best. But I mean sometimes you have a I mean, I guess there you basically fill up every day, but daily is best. I would try to do it daily, and then just mm-hmm. keeping all record of your proof of purchases too, mm-hmm. keeping those receipts, um, and for your tax purposes, because you're going to be able to write this stuff off. Mm-hmm. And a very another very important point is that all this, if you get a grant, they need all of this information. So yeah. they like the more information you have the better for a grant, the more likely you are to get that grant. Um, and grants require and, it. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. Like, mm-hmm. We've applied for grants and been successful for a tour grant in the past mm-hmm. for our 2019 tour, and they want everything. Like they, They're giving you money. They want to know where that money is going mm-hmm. uh, and like how you're turning it into more money or like what you're doing with it. So mm-hmm. Exactly. They want to make huge. They want to make sure that money's going to good use and that you're reinvesting it into your own business. And sometimes that counts as buying a Tim Hortons farmer's wrap. It just is but what it is. Not three times in a row. <laughs> no. That's bad. Don't yes. do it. Um for tax purposes, it's fine, but by Mike's standard, it's not fine. Just to yeah. just to keep that clear. I I hold I hold Mike's standard as like as the top standard. So I, I, honestly, I like wow. that. I like that standard. Cute. The, the <laughs> very <laughs> cute, very cute, very wholesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in terms of organization, you just really want to make sure you're tracking where all your money is going. Because at the end of the day, as an artist, you are a business. Okay, and while musicians might not always be profitable businesses you're still a business, okay? And you need to record that. Because if you do make losses, you can actually claim, you can claim losses uh, mm-hmm. on your taxes. Like I said, not going to get into the nitty gritty of stuff. Just make sure you're recording all your money going in and all your money going out. That's all you need to know. Yeah. There you go. Okay. And so with all that taxi boring stuff being said, let's talk about playing some shows, baby. You yeah. know, oh, yeah. this is what tour is all about. Uh yeah, so let's uh, let's let's talk about 
playing shows on touring because I think that's the you know the thing you're here to do and the probably the one thing we haven't actually talked about yet. Yeah, it's been so. like an hour and a half to build up to this point. <laughs> yeah, it's all been taxes and memes up to this moment. So we're getting to the big the big conclusion here. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, how to tour? It's I feel like one like playing the shows is probably the easy part if you think oh, about yeah. it. Technically. Well, Let's 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 find out. Let's talk about it, huh? huh? Let's talk about yeah. it. Let's talk let's about talk it. Let's talk so, about it. So, um, first of all, I have a note here that says, "Can the PA handle your tech requirements?" So, Oof. Austin and Brayson, this is your guys' wheelhouse. Take it away. This is Boang and I normally uh, normally handle all the uh, all the technical stuff. So, whether it be organizing in a technical standpoint or actually like putting together. Um, all the more, you know, technical and, um, audio parts, I guess, of our live show. So yeah, let's, uh, let's start out with that. So yeah, basically the biggest thing is, um, you know, before you start on to, before you start, you know, embarking on tours, you should know basically what your standard setup looks like. So essentially what instruments are on stage, um, you know, what kind of inputs are going to be sent to front of house. So in those kinds of cases, having a stage plot and input list are super important so that you can feed this to the, uh, to the venue that you're playing at. And then they, they can basically take a good evaluation of them and be like, oh, well, it looks like you need 16 inputs and we have 12. Uh, how are you going to make that work? And then you go, oh, well, I don't know. And that stuff is very good to know beforehand. So um, we've always found, and although it might be more of a, you know, a more commonplace thing nowadays, having a stage plot and input list for shows, regardless of whether it's on tour or, you know, in your hometown, super important. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I would say like mm -hmm. it's so there's been times where um Brayson, we cannot hear you. Oh, uh, that's okay. Oh, there you are. <laughs> oh. It's the Zoom call. Sorry guys, just break the fourth wall. Sometimes Brayson's too quiet for the Zoom call. So. My 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 doc can hear me. Um I was going to say um there's been times where we've sent our input list to venues and they just didn't look at it. And that can be the most the most frustrating thing when you walk in with all your gear. And you're like, okay, we're ready. Here's our stuff. Plug in. And they're like, I, we're not prepared for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So prepare so, for that. Yeah, prepare for that. Look at the venues. Like when you're booking your venues, you could just do a Google search on the inside and see what the stage looks like. And you can get a good idea of how it all works. Mm -hmm. um, but making it um, as streamlined as possible for the uh, sound person to, to do their job usually makes the show a, a better show. Yeah, absolutely. And so for us, you know, we found things like uh, if you're running any direct instruments, so things like keyboards, any sort of uh, sample pads, et cetera, et cetera. If you're able to uh, bring in your own DI boxes is pretty helpful. Uh, and then in that way, you know, the sound, the sound person isn't fiddling around trying to be like, oh, I only have two and like you need four. So um, basically uh, a good a good philosophy for the whole for you know basically setting up for touring and you know make sure you have everything you need is bring enough gear as if you assume the venue has nothing. Yeah, yeah. So basically, you know, TLDR like cover your ass. Make sure that your live show will go off without a hitch every single time, no questions asked, and that you don't have to rely on anyone for anything. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, there was mm -hmm. times where we played an orchard. And they have oh, yes. nothing because, you know, they're an orchard. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> I'll, just go in, I'll just go into this real quick. We showed yeah. up at the at the orchard and we're like, okay, where's the stage? We'll get set up to play. And they're like, oh, it's just over this way. 
And so we drive up to it and we hop out of the van and we look at the stage and there's like a speaker and a half. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. It was like, luckily we had a small mixer with us that we were used for our band practices that we had with us as long as well as um, some PA speakers. This was on our first tour. So luckily we came prepared. We had things that allowed us to be able to, you know, actually properly pull off the show. Although Brayson had to run both his bass and his bass synth into his bass amp. But like, yes, you, you make do small you, you things. Do, you small, do what you gotta do. Small potatoes. So <laughs> small <laughs> potatoes. Small. I think that's yeah. like, that's where it comes into like, Keeping your setup as streamlined as simple as possible mm-hmm. is like super important there, both for if you're playing the show by yourself in an orchard, or mm-hmm. if you're playing with like two or three other bands at a venue. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta get your shit off stage. You yeah. gotta tear up and set down as quickly <laughs> as possible. <laughs> you yeah, do. like like not to not not to call out certain guitar players here, but. You know, for touring, having a stereo guitar setup may not always be the best idea. Austin, I'm sorry. Can you, sorry, can you further, like, what's a stereo guitar setup? What does that look uh, you just like? Okay, well, the, the people who I'm calling out here already know. I'm sorry. But basically, yeah, it's essentially like a stereo guitar setup is where you're taking the stereo outputs of your guitar pedals and you're running it to two different amps. And then you have mm. you stere- stereo effects, right? And it's super cool. But on tour... Um, it's not necessarily something that's feasible in terms of packing, in terms of carrying around, in terms of setting up, tearing down. It makes it will just make your experience a lot harder. Um, and in terms of a touring sort of capacity, may not be the best way you want to go about it. If that's something you want to do, by all means, do you. But just a forewarning. Um, make it make it easy. Yeah, like as as a band that has you know toured several times now, our goal has only ever been to make our setup easier. And it just makes you, your bandmates, and ultimately your back more happy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like every time we've toured, we've come back home and been like, how can we bring half as much stuff next time? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Like it's like, well, what yeah. can the, we get rid the, of? After our first tour, we ditched amps completely mm-hmm. and we, we all got like digital modelers. And, and so instead of a pedal board and an amp, you just have mm-hmm. a pedal board. Like we've gone wireless everything so there's less cables it's more simple like we, mm-hmm. we have our own wireless in-ears so we don't have to have the sound guy make a monitor mix for us we've done all that ourselves already so it's exactly. just like like super streamlined and honestly like it's kind of a brag but i feel like the comment that we get from sound guys is like you guys rock we love you like that like you know like because mm-hmm. we've just made their lives easier and that's the reputation that you want yeah when you come through town yeah so like not not even from a Hey, you're you're a good musician, but more so, you got your shit together, and you're you're yeah. making my life easier. Yeah, that's um, almost as good of a compliment as being like, "Hey, your set was great," because it's like just having just having everything together, and people like not having to ask so many questions. Because basically, what like to give a bit of a uh, a background on this, like basically, whenever we walk into a show, we bring in we bring in our gear. You know, we'd send them the the input list and whatnot. Every anyways, but we'd have a copy of our input list, and we'd have a copy of basically um, the channels that are coming out of our uh, in ear monitoring rig. Is basically we just send direct feeds from the stage to the front of house guy with our own snake. So basically, we'd be like, here here you go, channel one's this, channel two's this, and you'd have a piece of paper, and then he'd just you know go to his. Uh, snake hit on stage and be like, okay, dun, 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 and he just plugs everything in. Mm-hmm. So it's the if you're going to try and do more advanced types of setups, whether it be in your monitoring or even stereo guitar rigs, for example, 
make it as simple as possible and as little of a headache on the sound person as you possibly can. Because at the end of the day, that's only going to benefit you. And, you know, sound, sound people will just like you more. It's so, true. And that's very, that's a very valuable, they're a very valuable ally to have on your side. <laughs> yes. So that's, mm -hmm. that's a very good point. But one thing I want to just piggyback off of what you're saying, some, mm -hmm. sometimes you might not have the luxury of having that sound person. So you, so you're going to want to have someone in your band that knows live basic mixing. So Brayson, would you be able to kind of talk about what someone should know going into a tour, just the basics of mixing a live show? Yeah. Um, okay. I would say like, if you want to get into it just real quick is just when you, next time you jam with your band and you have speakers, get on the other side of your band and, and listen to how your band sounds from that side. Cause that's the most important place that it needs to sound good. Um, and what you really got to do is you got to learn how to connect all your stuff into a mixer so that comes through the speakers. Mm -hmm. I want to say that, that hold on, I just want to interrupt you. That part is very important because the amount of times where you see people like, oh, I'm getting no sound from this and it, and that's what the the problem is. Like that, that oftentimes is the biggest problem I find. People don't know how to connect shit. So I just wanted to yeah, highlight yeah. that. Yeah, learn, learn mm -hmm. your signal flow. Um, there's lots of like great spreadsheets on Google that just teach you like a simple path for mixers for like simple mi mixers and like if you do it on a four channel mixer it's the same thing with whether you have 16 channels or 32 channels so the size of the mixer shouldn't daunt you um it, sh it should be like a blessing almost mm -hmm. um and then adjusting levels so that it sounds good a way you can practice that is to just pull up GarageBand or something like that and create a song with multiple different instruments and then adjust your levels in the DAW, in the recorded DAW. And that'll give you an idea of, of how it should sound live. Mm -hmm. And even just to kind of expand off that, if you're able to uh, try recording your band practice live, like, you know, mm -hmm. and have the individual recordings of each member, that, give, that will give you an even better idea yeah. of what you guys sound like in a typical live setting and then mix that. So that that'll give you even more insight. But Regardless, just learning, you know, basic ideas of where the levels of certain instruments should be will, you know, put you in a great place to start. Yes, yeah. definitely. So mm -hmm. um, essentially tech requirements, make sure you have a stage plot, you have input lists, make sure your changeover is quick and easy. Make sure that uh, streamline, that streamline is simple. Make sure your setup <laughs> is streamlined and um, yeah. Uh, bring gear as if the venue has nothing unless you've done your research and you know the venue has that and you've planned for it yeah. Um, yeah. and learn basic live mixing. So and those then, are kind uh, of the... Sorry, Brayson? I was just going to say, and then play your show. Yeah, play your show. Yeah, yeah. play your goddamn show. Because like, yeah, you, you can go on and we could go on for hours and hours and hours and talk about like the prep and, you know, everything that makes a good tour. But at the end of the day, you are on my microphone at the end of the day you're going out to play a kick-ass show and Woo! like you've driven halfway across the country maybe you've gone to a new country or, or you know or flown to a new continent to that's if you have if you have that's awesome mm -hmm. like you did it you're there to play music and hopefully win them over and turn them into your fans and like realistically you have one shot to win them over until the next time you're back 
So you got to make sure that everything works. You got to make sure it's all been planned out. But then once you're on stage, you just got to give it 100% every night. Like it's no matter if you you got three hours of sleep because you were driving from the last show or what, like you got to just give it 130%. Yeah. Like even. Yeah. Because even people if like. Remember. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was gonna say, even if there's like only two people in the in the audience, which does happen sometimes, if you put on a killer show, they're gonna come back next time and they're gonna bring their friends and it's just gonna keep happening and the more you tour, you're gonna get a bigger crowd each time. So just yep. don't don't half ass it. And while you're playing the sa- maybe the same like songs every night or like a variation of the same set list, for the crowd, this is brand new. Right, mm-hmm. so this yeah. is a brand new thing for them to see. So, like Mike says, you got to be giving it one hundred and thirty percent every night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that even comes to like yeah, it's putting on a kickass show and it's making sure all your transitions are, are are good and making sure that there's not a lot of dead space and that you're talking to the crowd, like all that stuff. And these are hopefully basics that you've like really honed in your hometown before you've set off on touring. But like, use all those skills that you've gotten from you know however many years you've played as a band and as a musician like bring it all out on stage and like and there's so many little things that i feel like you can forget like make sure you got spares of everything picks batteries like change your strings like make sure you've just got everything and that your show is going to go off without a hitch and that you're here to play music and that is what you're going to do and nothing's going to stop you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think with that being said as well, just in terms of spares, just the one thing I want to hammer home is if you have guitar players in your band or bass players, bring spare instruments. Yes. yes. For the love of God, you never know what is going to happen. And the last thing you want is for like, I don't know, your strap button on your guitar to come loose and your guitar just goes wham. And for some reason, if it's a Gibson, um, it'll probably smash into a thousand pieces. So um, you don't want you don't want you don't want to deal with the aftermath of that because a broken head stuck on a Gibson's basically a, a death sentence. But um so just just bring backup instruments too. Like besides the small accessories, make sure, you know, that you have the space and that you actually have spare instruments. So Yeah. I mean, I, one thing I'll say just for those bands that have two guitar players, um, for us, um, Mike and Austin share a backup guitar. So that's one way where you can uh, save space. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if that, and if, and then if that's, if that spare guitar has something go wrong with it, then you just surrender to the mystery of it and you just fall down and cry. Yes. No, <laughs> don't fall down and cry. Still put on a hell of a show. Just do it without the guitar. Speak for yourself. <laughs> what are you talking Hopefully about? Hopefully you can borrow from one of the wonderful bands you're playing with who yep. brought all the people out to your show. Yep. Oh, that's yeah, that's much better. Yeah, don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> you cry after. Yes, true. You can cry after. In after you don't go past curfew, because that's also important. Make sure you mm. don't go past the scheduled curfew that the venue provides for you. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that goes for your hometown shows too. So we'll probably dive into that when we go into an episode about talking about shows. Um... And yeah, just make sure your show is engaging um, and make sure that people remember you at the end of the day, right? Like make sure your show is engaging. You have something to provide for people that they are going to remember you, that they're going to want to come see you again when you go on your next tour. Yeah. And on the note of people remembering you, this may sound stupid, 
but remember to actually say your band name multiple <laughs> times during the set. Don't yeah. leave it to the very end. People are clapping and you'll be like, thank you. And people are like, what? And you're like, oh, too bad. Bye. So like, don't do that. <laughs> like ac actually like say it like right at the beginning, several times throughout the set. And at least at the end, like at least four times, make sure people goddamn know. Yeah. That's actually a mm -hmm. very, very good point. You want to be mm -hmm. for the thing is the thing is like the people who are, you might be like, oh, but the people who are like at the front, they might get annoyed. No, but we, it doesn't matter. Just repeat your band name. It's important. They people in that in other cities might not know who you are. Mm -hmm. so, in fact, they probably don't if it's your first tour, right? Like exactly, yeah. you're unless you've got cousins that are coming out to the show. Like everyone else who's at these shows are going to be the fans of the other bands. Mm -hmm. and you need to make sure that they don't know who you are. They know who the opener is. You got to make sure that they stay for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, with that being said, an, another very important... I keep opening with, oh, this is very important, because it is. It's all very it's important. It's all important. That's but, why we're doing this. Exactly. That's why we're doing this. But above all else, you want to make sure that you are having a good time. You want to make sure that you're not being too hard on yourself, especially if this is your first tour, okay? Mm -hmm. Mistakes are going to be made. It's inevitable. Your your van's gonna crap out on you. You're gonna have to buy a new transmission. Um, Not inevitable, but shitty. Yeah, you're gonna have to <laughs> sleep on a trampoline in a barn at some points. <laughs> Not um, inevitable, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> so oddly specific. I know. Exactly. We'll touch on that another day or another we, episode. We will. But essentially, the point is, like, mistakes will be made. You might forget a power supply. You might need to go to the store and buy one. Um, you might break a string and have to run and get your uh, backup guitar in the middle of a set. Keep in mind, mistakes are going to happen. But the better you prepare for these mistakes, then the better you're going to be able to mitigate them. And re and the better you're going to be able to react to them, right? Mm -hmm. So while tour may not go as planned all the time, these experiences that you gain, keep track of all these because that's how you know what to do differently for the next time you're going out on the road. So it's a big learning experience, especially mm -hmm. if it's your first tour, you're going to be playing to empty rooms. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. Um, not all the time are you going to have people that, that come out, right? Mm -hmm. So just making sure that you're not too hard on yourself, that you're going with a good group of people, that you know that mistakes will be made. And yeah, overall, just you got to have a good time. You got to yeah. have a good time. Let's yeah. let's let's hammer that home because we've been going through a lot of like you have to do this, you have to do that, blah 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 blah. Well, okay, no, not blah blah blah. It's all important. That's what we've been saying this entire time. But the biggest thing that we tour. It is so fucking fun. Like yeah. it is, it's like, it's worth not sleeping the entire time. It's worth, you know, having a cold and maybe playing a show with the, with the flu. And then as soon as you get backstage, you peek into a bucket. Hasn't happened to us yet. It could happen though. But you know, it's, it's, it's things like that. Like, even though like sometimes you have shitty situations and you have to pay $2,500 for a brand new transmission in the middle of Calgary. Like you, first of all, you laugh about it later. Second of all, it's just part of it. It's it. The other guys will say this right after me here, but it is so fucking fun. Like if you as a band can tour, highly recommend it. Please do it. Yeah. Yeah. And the 100%. thing is, if you fall into those, 
those those moments of despair or those moments of uncertainty. Like I know it's such a cliche cliche saying, but I strongly believe it. It's what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know, like Brayson said to Austin when he said fall down and cry. You don't fucking fall down and cry. You get up and you deal with the situation and you learn from it and you come back better next time. Right. And at the very least, Mike says this a lot, and I actually quote you a lot on this because I like what you what you say is at the end of the day, even if tour doesn't go exactly how you expect it, you're driving across country or countries with people that you enjoy spending time with. And that in itself is very valuable. Mm-hmm. And you get to play music every night. Exactly. That's the other half of my quote. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah sorry, I forgot it's the, the best, music like, part. That's, that's it's, all, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It. If you're going to quote me, you, you, damn well, you damn well better quote me right. Yeah. So sorry. It's, it's, that, it, that's it. Like, it's just, obviously, you're going on tour because you like to play music, I hope. Or you're making mad cash, which, like, good for you. But if, if you're an independent band, you're probably going on tour because you love to play music and you want more people to hear your music. And... Sometimes it's three people in Nelson on a Tuesday, and sometimes it's a packed room on a Saturday in Toronto. Like, you get them both, you just got to roll with it and just, like, savor every minute of it. I miss it so much right now, being in lockdown. Like, it's... (laughs) Yeah, truly. There's no better feeling. Yeah, Yeah. got to savor tour. Tour, just uh, tasty. It is very tasty. And with that, I think that's a perfect point to wrap up this how-to-tour extravaganza this two-part extravaganza we've had we hope that you know those of you that have listened to both parts or just the snippets of it have gotten lots of value out of this if you have any other questions that you would like to ask us or anything that we made might have not gone over that you're curious about please feel free to reach out to us whether that's through social media or through email we'll leave all that in the show notes below for you um or if you just want to give us feedback about how we did on our first kind of educational episode, because we do want to do a lot more of these, and we mm-hmm. want to be able to teach you guys um, things that we've experienced, and that, and we want to share our knowledge. Um, you guys have any uh, closing remarks at all? Um, I kind of ended my last note on saying tour is tasty, so I just want to say, <laughs> go out there and enjoy it once you can. Perfect. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into our tours in a lot of detail, I think, in, in coming episodes. Like, we'll talk very specifically about our experiences with tours and probably, like, break down, like, a show-by-show show of each tour. But um, that's that's something to look forward to. Yes. So, hopefully. Keep your, keep your eyes out. We'll have those coming within the coming weeks. But until then, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Band Chat. We appreciate you all so much for watching and for listening. It means the world to us. And we will see you on the next episode. Say bye, everybody. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody. Bye. We can dance to the sound of the come on. One can of off spray. Eight empty kokanee beers. Sweet baby Ray's sauce.